Hey guys, welcome back in for the second edition of the Ball Street Journal. Checking back in once half of the first round is complete. Um, due to your suggestions, we're now on iTunes and hopefully Google Play. And we're trying to work our way to getting onto Spotify <clears throat> so that you can listen to the, uh, the podcast on the go. Back with me today is Ajay. What's up? And this time we have joining us the guy behind the scenes, uh, Sandeep, who does all the media work for us. What up, though? So let's just get right down into it. Uh, first thing I want to talk about is, uh, you know, get the brooms out because we finally got a sweep. Yeah, the Pelicans, man. Completely. Uh, so all 22 ESPN analysts, not a single person, forget even picking the Pelicans to sweep. Not a single person even picked the Pelicans to even win this series. And here they are, they complete a sweep of the Blazers. Yeah, man, it goes to show you that having the best player sometimes is all you need. AD putting up monstrous numbers. What do you get, like 48 points in the last game? Yeah. It's completely just took anything out that Nurkic could do to him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you come in as a third seed, you have Dame Lillard, probably, you know, one of the top five point guards. And Is he? Yeah, I don't know. Should we get into those top five point guards? <laughs> hey, you, you brought it up. All right, so one, Steph, clearly. Two, Kyrie. Kyrie, three. Russ. Russ, four. Is James Harden a point or guard? Or Chris Paul? No. Chris Paul, maybe. We know Chris Paul's a point guard for sure. Okay. At least this year. I mean, la I mean, last year, uh, he probably wouldn't have been in the top five, but he's been playing at a good level this year. Okay, so then who's your five, then? Uh, what about someone like Kyle Lowry? What about someone like Damian Lillard? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Kyle Lowry over Damian Lillard? I mean, he's been snubbed from so many All-Star games, we might as well sn start snubbing him from the top five point guards <laughs> in the league. So you, oh, my goodness. So you're going to... Drop him from the ranking because he didn't win this playoff series. I mean, dude, I, I just don't think this team has it. I mean, um, the the Portland Trailblazers struggled all series. And guys like Damian, who usually have the swagger, coming up, taking big shots. Talking they, about game time. And yeah, and, and who was taking the shots in the clutch time? It was Al Farouk Aminu. <laughs> you can't win a playoff series with Al Farouk Aminu taking your clutch time shots. I mean, Portland's kind of been following the formula, right? You have a all-star backcourt. You have stretch big men that can shoot why do they lose a series and if that's the winning formula for almost every other team in the league well maybe anthony davis is the the, the, the thing that goes against that. i mean they tried to build together the, the twin towers again right what the lakers have with gasol and bynum i mean if boogie was still healthy that's what they would have with ad and boogie yeah and while we're on the point guard rankings Rondo clearly outplayed Dave Willard in this series, right? Oh, that's true. Playoff Rondo's a thing, right? <laughs> I don't know about regular season Rondo. Playoff Rondo looked like a top five point guard. Yeah, playoff Rondo, 6-0 and in the last six games. I mean, we forget that, you know, when he was with the Bulls, mm -hmm. um, they almost had that series. They were up 2-0 and before he got injured. Yeah, I, I mean, so then what's the future for this team then with the Portland Trailblazers? Do they break it up? What do they do with Nurkic, who's a restricted free agent? What do they do with McCollum, who clearly is going to need a payday? If not old, did he already get paid? Uh, I think he got his extension two years ago, so he has two or three years left on his contract. But I mean, that's it's a very it is a tradable contract because he signed it before the cap went yeah. up. And well, and he's got he's a good player, so I mean, yeah. it's always a hard, easier to move a move a big contract when you're with a good player. I mean, we saw with uh, Blake Griffin. Yeah. Uh, so this is the second straight playoff series that the Blazers did not meet 
expectations, let alone they got swept. They got so swept. They're 0-8 they, in the last they eight lost, games. Yeah. yeah, so... Two years in a row swept. Is it a talent thing? I'm not sure. Is it a coaching thing? I don't know. Or they... two straight bad matchups. I mean, last year the Warriors, if they were unfair matchup to anyone. Right. Yeah. And now this year. I mean, this was a 3-6 playoff matchup, but what's the difference between a one game? Yeah. Right? If Boogie was healthy, who knows? They might, they might actually be the third seed. I mean, Boogie, I mean, AD did say that with Boogie there, they're a championship team, and I thought it was a joke in the middle of the season, but I mean, when you got Drew Holiday playing back to a Sixers all-star level, maybe that, that that's what this Pelicans team is. Yeah, his defense was incredible, Drew Holiday. He was shot, I mean, uh, whether it was Rondo and Drew, both of them played incredible defense, but especially Drew Holiday, that uh, the game won the block at the end on Connaughton. It seemed he had a wide-open layup, and Drew Holiday came out of out of nowhere yeah and not let alone i think having a guard who can do big shots and i think that's why this is a guard driven league nowadays mm-hmm. at the end of the game you can't just throw it down to a low post like you used to be able to do to get that shot and i think drew holiday stepped up big time getting some you know end of the game shots just like you know yesterday we saw they came in and he made the clutch two-pointer that put him away so going into the playoffs a little further now Falcons are going to be facing the winner of the spurs warrior series yeah, which we presume is going to be the Warriors. They're already up 3-0. Probably will close it out today. Yeah, I think that, you know, as, as great as of a coach is pop, um, sometimes just talent beats out. And I, I wonder what Kawhi is doing sitting there, probably in New York, looking at his team getting hammered every single game. I mean, what do you do with the, with a player like Kawhi now? So during the Pelicans series, we saw DeMarcus sitting in the sidelines, right? At least yesterday he was there with those yellow-shaded sunglasses looking pretty fly. <laughs> and, and Kawhi is out in New York doing God knows what. We haven't heard from Kawhi in weeks. I think the last time we heard anything from him was he doesn't have any intentions to move on from the Spurs. But, you know, do we take that with a grain of salt? Because clearly what he's actually doing goes against it. Yeah, and, and one thing that's not been talked about, I mean, you guys, we could talk, I don't know if it's a big deal or not, but the Jordan brand, he signed with them, but they offered him a contract. And he also refused that contract, which is surprising because this guy should have his... Seems like he's a big enough player, but maybe being on the Spurs, not a big market. I think he also doesn't talk too much. I think, you you know, the, you always see, like, the bigger uh, personalities getting the bigger contracts. And he's, to be honest, he's a, he's a smaller personality. He doesn't talk too much. And, and even with this injury, he hasn't been really telling the media anything. Yeah. He drives his old car. Like, he hasn't he doesn't spend splurge money, like other players do on nice things to show off I mean yeah so I think that's where rumblings also started because they're wondering maybe he didn't sign the shoe deal because he feels he's on another team his market value may be higher compared to these other players so do you think this is Kawhi's doing or do you think this is him being around his boys and his family and them I, I think his uncle his, his uncle's yeah. the one who's running it so this uncle I, I, I haven't heard <laughs> anything uncle. From uncle in the past like six years and all of a sudden this uncle's out of nowhere because well, he's now now he's his money manager or something like that right before yeah. he had some other guy doing it seems it, like he runs everything uh, Kawhi's uncle runs his whole life so n- now I'm kind of scared for Kawhi because I don't know who this guy is and ever since this guy came to the picture now this is when we all start talking negatively about I mean, everybody loved Kawhi yeah. before this. Unanimously loved superstar. Probably the only top six player that everybody actually loves. It's not a good look when your coach, Pop, keeps coming out and taking shots at your best player and saying... And Pop be... isn't known to be a guy who takes shots at his players. Like, yeah. Historically, he doesn't do that. So he's frustrated as well. Yeah, when he continuously says, oh, you would have to ask Kawhi and his group, like, very always taking shots. Even that post-game interview was saying, oh, LaMarcus Aldridge, he's always there for his teammates, plays injured. Yeah. seemed clearly a shot at Kawhi. Yeah, and I mean the Spurs are saying that they're not going to trade him in this offseason, but I, I can't I can't 
I think they would be stupid not to at least uh, take some phone calls and see what they can get for him. Yeah. Or if they offer him the Supermax extension that he's uh, eligible for, at $219 million over five years. And he, even if they do, is Kawhi going to sign it? Uh, yeah, yeah big question. I don't even know if he would sign that just because... I don't know Kawhi personally, but I just feel like he's the kind of guy that values, you know, personal relationships and, you know, development over uh, over money, right? And if he doesn't feel like the Spurs really looked out for him, because I think part of the reason this is all going down is because the Spurs medical team actually misdiagnosed him. And I feel like he might have been pressured to play, right? He, he had the injury from the playoffs, came back, played only nine games and had another injury after that. So... Uh, I'm a doctor and we're all doctors, so I'm going to assume that these were somehow interrelated, right? And and uh, I, I, it's the IT situation all over again, right? Well, that's what he's worried about. I think he's worried that if he comes out and he gets a bigger injury, that he's going to be this untouchable asset and he's not going to get paid. Yeah, IT went from a guy who's about to make $30 million to maybe making $10, 5000000 million when he's a free agent next year. So Right, and the question becomes, by doing this, is he also costing himself money by maybe not being offered the the, the supermax. Super yeah. So does does uh, RC Buford pull a Danny Ainge and trade his best player? I mean, it depends on what assets he gets. I think he has yeah. to at least entertain phone calls. Yeah. Like if you're going to be getting, you know, if you can get something like uh, Tatum and Brown, Brown, and also a first round draft pick. I mean, you that that's a lot of haul over. Yeah, I'm just talking about Boston. I hate Boston. Uh, I mean, you well, lived there for eight years, and now you're riding out for him. I don't know if he's going to go to Boston. But well, I mean, Pop you think said, about he said, he, Pop said he won't trade him to a Western Conference rival or any team in the Western Conference uh, to help it, them out. And also, Boston kind of makes sense. I mean, you still, you, you're, you're still going to have a foundation for a good team that's win now. You know, you're going to have some players coming back, uh, Kyrie and Hayward, and I think Kawhi might be a good fit in that area. Yeah, and well, they still have picks coming up. They have the Kings pick uh, and the Grizzlies picks coming up in following years. One thing I would have really loved to see is Kawhi to, to New Orleans, right? Or probably Boogie, right? They get the Spurs get to redo that Twin Tower situation with Lamarcus and Boogie Cousins, right? I mean, he's coming off an injury, but you know, I'm sure Pop can keep him under control and get the most production out of him. And then you get AD and Kawhi in New Orleans with Rondo and Drew. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that'd be a very dirty yeah. Team. My, my biggest thing is, are we going to see Parker and Ginobili come back? I mean, I think they came back for like one more because they were so close to maybe beating the Warriors last year. I mean, they were up 20 points in that first quarter um, or first half before before uh, Kawhi went down. So uh, is, is this it? And is Pop going to retire too uh, with all this stuff happening with his family? I think Ginobili said he was going to come back for one year, right? The offseason changes everything. Yeah. So It's just I, funny. Who would have thought that Zaza... Uh, that's that when he stepped on Kawhi's foot, that would have changed the Spurs' whole franchise for, fortune. Zaza basically changed the course <laughs> of NBA history. Oh yeah, goodness. wow. So, like, Spurs, we're looking at a potential Spurs team next year without Kawhi, without Ginobili, without Tony Parker, and maybe without Pop in a starting lineup of Danny Green, <laughs> Lamarcus Aldridge, Patty Mills. <laughs> I don't even know who, who the other two stars would be. Yeah, yeah. DeJounte Murray is still kind of doing well i guess they may go into tank and hope for to get to find the next duncan or robinson yeah i mean the other question is on the flip side with the warriors like are they now the the championship favorites i mean i think vegas finally had them as equal to the warriors i mean equal to uh, rockets right before the season ended and now they're killing it i mean even without Steph. yeah i mean did the warriors do anything in this playoff series that would help their odds i don't think anyone really expected the series to go past five games if that yeah, I mean, coming into the playoffs with their regular season form, where they finished seven and ten, so there were there were questions whether this team is survive this, with us Curry. with that Curry and is it the same team as previous years. 
But mm-hmm. the fact that it, they're at least taking care of their business shows us that, okay, Warriors are Warriors. They're going to be okay. And Steph starting uh, starting to practice. He looked good before pregame workouts. You saw him like with, uh, you know, resistance and, you know, getting up and down the court. He looks good. Yeah, he's upping his rehab. And if they finish this week today, they'll have some rest before the second round. Yeah, and the rest might be big because you saw Durant tweaking his ankle at the end of that game three. Yeah. Do you think they even need Durant for this final game against Spurs? I, I still, because it's a road game and yeah. the Spurs are going to give it their all. It's going to be their potential last game of the season. So, and Durant's their only, but Clay's, Clay's been scorching hot and he's been making their catch and shoots threes. But Durant's that one guy where if everything uh, goes to Ari in the offense, then, you know, you give it to KD. And there's no one that can guard him. I mean, yeah. you see every time he takes the ball, he's he's got a foot over the next guy when he's shooting it. Well, so let's go back to Stepper injury real quick. So, is this the same injury that he had two years ago when they were playing the Cavs and the Cavs won? The with the, with the knee? No, it wasn't an ankle injury back then? So, he had an ankle injury, and, he and then back, remember he came injury. back, and then he slipped on that wet spot on the floor. Right, yeah, yeah. And then that was the knee. Oh, so, right now he's dealing with a knee injury. Okay. But yeah. I, it's kind of similar in the sense that he had a knee uh, ankle injury in the regular season, came back, his first game, then he had a knee, he uh, sprained his MCL. Yeah, because towards the end of that playoff series, the, the final series, he was not looking that hot. So he I, couldn't beat Kevin Love yeah, off the dribble. Yeah, he couldn't even beat Kevin Love off the dribble in that, in that infamous final possession. So the stop. Does, this, does this make the Rockets a favorite for him? Well, I mean, coming to the Rockets, last night, they sort of look shaky there, right? And second consecutive uh, bad shooting game from James Harden, so... They, they, I don't know if you can call them the favorites anymore. Yeah, and you, you know, this is the the stereotypical offense that's always won in the past has not been the isolation heavy. It's been the team basketball heavy, and the Rockets were doing it all season. They were the ISO heavy team, um, but it, it's the playoffs, and once you get a team that can, especially like Tibbs, um, who's a defensive minded coach, getting you know game after game to game plan, is this what's going to take out that uh, isolation heavy basketball that the Rockets are known for? Yeah, I mean, the Tims never really had the chance of being in the Raptors, but they were probably the best team in the playoffs to match up against them. Right, you got Tibbs' perimeter defense that's going to shut down their isolation game, their perimeter shooting game, and then you have a big man in Cat, who the Rockets have nobody to guard them, and probably no one else in this playoffs other than maybe AD is the only other person that probably can guard them too. But, you know, the, the Rockets probably move on after this. Well, it took the took Tibbs uh, three games to figure out give you know, Cat the ball. I mean, <laughs> oh you know, God. you can't have Wiggins doing you know, spin <laughs> cycles day after day. Or the fact that Cat should be taking more shots than Derrick Rose. <laughs> yeah. As a Jay always says, uh, if Derrick Rose on the court... Uh, the plus minus, you know it's going way down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Tibbs is trying to harness that uh, MVP Derrick Rose, but that guy is long gone. And uh, I think that so are there... I think so are their odds in the playoffs moving forward. I don't know, man. I mean, for, for as much shit as we give Tibbs for not really thinking about offense too much and playing his players too long and getting too much on defense, that, you know, this guy actually rides out for his players. I mean, his Tim's team is basically the Bulls 2.0, or at least half the Bulls that he had are now on this team again, <laughs> right? Derrick Rose, Todd Gibson. Gibson, Jimmy Butler. I mean, these are all the best players other than Joaquin. Oh, oh he's missing his Noah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you want him, the Knicks can we'll gladly out. trade him. Buy him out, we'll don't. gladly trade him to him if he wants to take that contract. And, and, and the Lakers will gladly give you the whole thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. But, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy to see that, at least in the first two games, it looked like Paul and Harden were pushing on the boundaries of are they not able to do it in the playoffs. I mean, Paul's been, Paul played really well. And, uh, 
know, he's so better than Harden. Well, so, so Paul yeah. wait, Paul played really well until again the last two minutes, right? It was like, what was it two games ago when he just Game randomly one. threw the ball <laughs> yeah. into the stands with like a minute yeah. left, and so it's just this constant issue with Chris Paul where every single time he gets into yeah, a big it's, moment, it's he just, just like you just just hold the ball and get fouled. That and I don't know why he did that. Well, it was four twenty a couple days ago, so hopefully he picked up something to help calm the nerves. <laughs> Yeah, man. I, I think that uh, Tibbs great defensive-minded coach, but I think the lack of his offensive creativity is really causing them to have a lot of trouble. I mean, you see that what ends up happening is Jimmy Butler gets the ball late uh, in the shot clock and has to make something happen. You just can't have playoff success like that, especially against the Rockets. Even though they got the they got the one win, I think that this is going to be this is moving towards a gentleman sweep, and I think the Rockets will probably close it out. Yeah, for the Wolves, it's either transition offense like a quick bucket, or because their half court offense is. It's either dump it into Cat, or if they don't end up doing it, it's a late shot clock shot by either, and it's a four shot by Butler or Wiggins. Yeah, I mean they don't really have that that creator point guard, that creator yeah, guard. Yeah, Jeff Teague, like that's what he was supposed to be, but not not really. <laughs> so the question becomes: Is Tibbs even a good coach anymore? Of defense, yes, but I think he he's one of those guys when. For example, in Boston, they had Doc Rivers as the head coach, but Tibbs was like the defensive coordinator per se of the those Celtics defenses, uh, defenses, and that's why they were so good. And I feel like he needs a similar guy to take care of the offense. So maybe hiring an assistant coach, that's like offensive, like quote unquote guru. Well, are you saying that this is a case of really great talent, but not having the coaching to take advantage of it? Because you have a top ten player in Jimmy Butler, you have another top player in Cat, you have a Really got you have a guy with a lot of great potential in Wiggins who hasn't really developed to what we thought he would be, and is this really just a testament to Bibbs' lack of player development and just being like, I have my way and we're gonna do it my way and we're gonna play defense hard for forty eight minutes and then we'll figure out the rest. Well, I mean, because you see in other teams like you know Spolstra and the Heat, they were able to will a win together. I think good coaching does make all the difference, you know. And so you, I mean, the Heat, I I, I honestly thought that they were probably going to get swept after the first two games, uh, the first game, but they came back in game two and played hard on in Philadelphia, and they were able to scratch together a win. Yeah, along with uh, vintage D-Wade. Yeah, man. I didn't know it was 2006 again. <laughs> <laughs> Looks, looking like coming back to Miami with their whole strict diet regimen and the weekly weigh-ins. Uh, yeah, turning Wade's back got, all their time. Yeah, Wade's gotten back in shape. He said he, he, was the, he had the highest body fat on the team when he got back to Miami, but he's worked on it, and now he's in shape, but... So like you like you were saying, coaching helps, but ultimately in the past two games in Miami, what we've seen is the talent is just incredible in Philly, especially after Embiid came back. Yeah, I feel like he could have played Game Two, but the fact that the Sixers won Game One pretty easily, they're like, all right, it's fine. Game Two, let's try to just give him one more day. But that loss brought brought Embiid back, and now the Sixers are just. I thought they were dangerous before Embiid came back. Now they look on another level. Yeah, for all the praise that we give Spo for you know the great coaching and player development, the one thing he's never really figured out is how to get the most out of Hassan Whiteside, right? I mean, those plays when Hassan Whiteside actually tries and goes at Joel Embiid or actually plays defense on him, I think that really shows how great the series can be. And, and the fact that we're missing out on that just infuriates me as a basketball fan because this could probably be the best first round playoff series in a while. Is that Spo's fault or just the fact that Hassan? not what they want or he's just being petty about his playing time and not playing with the same hustle just you know what I mean if you if you give him the playing time when when he's on the floor he should give the full effort but I think he's just being 
oh, I'm not going to show up in the fourth quarter, so why even try sometimes? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to speak to, for him. You know, I don't know what's going on in his personal life, but if I was going to pay $100 million to play basketball and watch basketball and read about basketball or whatever they do, I, I would probably do it to the best that I can. And it's just... Unless he's one of those guys, now that he's gotten his money, he's whatever about it. Yeah, he doesn't have the competitive edge. I mean, you see Winslow on the team, he's he's still got the competitive edge. Cost of 15k for, you know, <laughs> knocking down uh, Embiid's Crushing mask. The face mask. But uh, at least he has the fire. And I think that if Hassan Whiteside could even have fifty percent of that fire that they, that he could maybe make this more of a more of a challenge for the Sixers. Yeah, you have guys like Dwayne Wade, Udonis Haslam, Juwan Howard, and not one of these three guys can get into his head and just get him to actually play basketball. Or the ultimate godfather, Pat Riley. Pat yeah. R- yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know what's gonna happen with the Heat after this, but I think they've shown a lot of heart with the way they competed against a superiorly talented um uh, Sixers team and just watching Ben Simmons play I mean this guy just freestyles on the court like he doesn't he doesn't know what he's gonna do when he gets to the paint but for whatever reason he always makes the best play possible yeah his decision making he, he's one of those guys where you think he seems out of control but he's he knows that he's always in control and he knows what he wants to do sees the play happening before it actually happens and finds these shooters just incredible court vision yeah it's kind of crazy because I thought that that's what LeBron needed early in his career which is it took him a while to figure out that it needs to be LeBron with four shooters around him. And I think Ben Simmons coming to the league and seeing LeBron's success, seeing that if I can't shoot, if I put a lot of shooters around me, I can still make it happen. And for him, it worked out because it's the Sixers team, besides probably Malcolm Polks, everyone else shoots well. Exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you watch you watch these guys play defense on Ben Simmons, and they're giving him like three feet off the <laughs> three-point line, and he just takes the open space. He just gets into the paint. Once he's in the paint, he's like, well... I can either dunk, lay it up, or I'll just kick it out to JJ Reddick. I'll yeah. kick it out to Joel Embiid, KCP. Doesn't no, not KCP. Not KCP. Wrong team. <laughs> Wrong team, bro. Covington. Covington, Covington right? Yeah. And I think it is this kind of like what the Orlando Magic did when they when they made the finals run. This as uh, Stan Van Gundy four out, one in with Dwight. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe. I mean, it's not a big man, but he's getting into the paint like a big man. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, with, I think I think the Sixers are the hype of the Eastern Conference right now, and it's kind of it's kind of scary when you look at them and how great they've been doing the rest the rest of the regular season and so far into the playoffs. And you look at LeBron, who's been the king of the Eastern Conference for so long. Are we seeing a uh, passing of the guard? Is are the Sixers now at least for this year the team to beat in the East? It, it's looking like it. I, I mean, the Cavs look very shaky. So this is a LeBron team game three. They were up 17 uh, in the first half, and then they had a huge lead even in the third quarter. And then the Pacers just kept coming and coming at them. The props to the Pacers, they were like relentless. Oladipo, uh, Lance Stevenson, and uh, Deep, I know you, you're missing, you're getting pretty nostalgic seeing uh, Bogdanovich. Just... <laughs> I miss those threes, man. I miss those threes. Bogdanovich, I mean, not only the threes, but is he the LeBron stopper now? Uh, he played great defense on LeBron, but to be honest, I think. JR gave this game away, and the bullshit that he pulled at the end of that game is so well, infuriating to watch. It was 420. Yeah, it was 420. I'm guessing he probably partook and, and I think had some medicinal in the system coming into the game. <laughs> he, but... he might have finished his uh, four drug test for the year. So yeah, he... I mean, clearly, because you you watch the you watch the replay for this for the final play of the game, and Darren Collins is walking up to the free throw line to take the second shot, 
Kevin Love is literally yelling at LeBron across the court what the play is going to be, right? Jordan Clarkson knows what's happening. Ryan Hood knows what's happening. The entire Pacers team knows what's happening. And this guy, (laughs) J.R. Smith, who's standing right next to Kevin Love, somehow does not hear this call. Out-rebounds Kevin Love for the rebound, despite the fact that Kevin Love is probably the single best outlet passer in the NBA. Gallops down the freaking court in taking maybe like five, six seconds to get down there. And then shoots the ball early with the second left, not even looking at the fact that Jordan Clarkson was open in the three or at a corner three. Kevin Love was open for probably a thirty footer. LeBron was posting up bogey, probably could have just turned around and shot it too. But no, this guy wants to shoot over two defenders and just completely brick the shot. Yeah, he was playing hero basketball. Well, he def- he probably practices that shot, so I think that's why he. Probably- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the practice had Larry Nance and, and Jordan Clarkson run at him all the time. Oh my god. But I think you're 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 getting to see that um, this is probably the weakest LeBron team we've seen in a long, long time. I mean, probably since his first stint with the Cavs, he's <laughs> the Booby Gibson. Yeah, the 2017. Yeah, am I? You know the 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 Hall, Hall of maybe not Hall of Famer, but it's Junis Ilgalskis. He's not he's, Hall of Famer. He's, he's got his jersey he's the, around. He's him. in the Cleveland Hall of Fame. Cleveland Hall of Fame. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. I don't know what European country he's from. Maybe he's in that country's Hall of Fame. <laughs> I mean, so you got um what? A, a starting lineup of Booby Gibson, Drew Gooden, Jonathan Sagaski, Delonte West, and oh, LeBron back Mr. in the day. West, yeah. Is that team really better than Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance, J.R. Smith, and Kevin Love? Well, they they got to the they got to the finals at least. These guys don't yeah. look like they're going to be getting to the finals at least in my opinion. Yeah, I mean that, that LeBron was maybe about the same as this. I mean that was eleven years ago. So and it's crazy that LeBron's probably just as good, if not better, now. Well, the LeBron back then was the score LeBron, right? Remember that that game he had against the Pistons where he scored oh, the last twenty. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, this he... LeBron is like, I'll score if I have to, and I'll get forty if I need to, but I'd much rather have fourteen assists and ten rebounds. Instead. Yeah, but he makes it happen. What do you score the first seventeen points or something like that? Game yeah. two. I mean, is that what it's going to take for him to win a game, or let alone the series? Yeah. The biggest difference in I think the LeBron now is the defensive end. Um, and just the fact that he's older, we saw in Game Three where he had a turnover and he didn't even run back on defense to, and it was a five on four for the Pacers, and Bogdanovich got the wide open three. Yeah, transition three. And that was LeBron's man, like Bogdanovich is guarding LeBron, ship covered uh, covered him on the other end. But I think that's the two discrepancies of this team. Like the Pacers are playing like a team. I mean, Victor Oladipo is their leader, but you saw Bogdanovich put up big numbers. <laughs> uh, Victor Oladipo, first off, let me say, man. That guy got ripped. Like they, I think they put up a picture during one of the games, and yeah. what was it, six weeks or something like that? He went from looking probably like one of us to looking like <laughs> looking like Dwayne the Rock Johnson or something. Yeah. Man. I mean, I think it's the year with uh, Russ helped him. He learned what it means to like get prepared for the games and uh, work. What it means to train and everything, being shaped so that you could perform like the way he is. That's yeah, crazy. You're talking about a guy that people thought was a bust mm-hmm. in terms of what where he was drafted, and now you're seeing him lead a team against arguably the best player to ever play the game and, you know, having the upper edge here. Well, I mean, he is back home, right? He went to Indiana State for school and now he's uh, back Indiana home. University. Indiana University. I don't know the names of the universities. I barely even watch the tournament to start off with. But, yeah, I, it, I, it, it, there's something to be said with actually going home and playing from that home base that you've grown with. And it, it's he's just playing out of his mind. And I, don't, I don't think anyone expected. Everyone thought, Pacers was going to be a lottery team, probably a top yeah. five pick team. People shot on the Pacers for that trade, and they thought they got completely ripped off. Yeah, and now they're on the verge of probably changing the course of the NBA East. 
for the next few years. Yeah, should we be giving more to the coaching in terms of getting this team so cohesive and so team-oriented so quickly? Yeah. Who do you name McMillan can coach? I mean, this guy's not had a great coaching record, and then he's just done an incredible so, job with this team. Nate McMillan is a better coach than LeBron, apparently. Huh? <laughs> well, that's, what, that's what it's looking like. And So let's play out a hypothetical, then. Let's say, not that I'm ready for this because I don't know if I'm ready to watch a LeBron-less finals, but let's say they lose this playoff series if they lose to... Who do they play the next round if they got these? The Sixers, I guess? Uh, so they're the fourth team. So they would play the Raptors. Raptors or the Wizards. Or the Wizards. Oh, right. Yeah. So if they <laughs> lost this series, or I would like to think they could beat the Raptors or the Wizards, but let's say they don't get to the finals. What happens to Cleveland after this? I think LeBron's gone. Um, All right, you don't have an opinion <laughs> on this because you're a Lakers fan. <laughs> Where is he going to? <laughs> oh, yeah, he's going to go to the Lakers I, like everyone else. I right? mean, if you own two two houses worth more than 20 million dollars in the city why wouldn't you want to live there you know there's another team in los angeles right it's not just the lakers <laughs> he's not going to the clippers That's listen the clippers had their window and they failed yeah and now lakers are up i mean if lebron leaves what what does that leave i mean is this i guess it's another pick? dan dan gilbert sending out another like <laughs> a letter look like a mean tweet to me to be honest <laughs> instead of a letter <laughs> oh yeah now he does he now he could just get on twitter and just shit, shit on lebron yeah uh, that would be so sad to see if LeBron breaking the hearts of Cleveland fans is, again. I mean, there's nothing to keep him, right? Is Kevin Love really going to be the deciding factor between whether LeBron leaves no. or not? Because we, we saw from his barbershop interview, his family really does not like Cleveland. They really don't like the organization itself. There is no talent he around. He came back just because he felt he owed the city something and he wanted to get them a championship. Right, which, he, that he's which done, he accomplished. He's done right? that, yeah. So what's the next stage for his career? To win more championships with the Lakers and add on to that legacy, or build your own legacy somewhere else, maybe in a place, say, Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> That's not gonna happen. <laughs> I mean, you just goes to show you when an organization is kept together and is well oiled, um, people like to thrive there. I mean, you saw last year; it was just one year ago. We're forgetting that Cavs were we thought could have been could have won the could have won the NBA championship. I mean, they had Kyrie Irving, and what did it take Kyrie? Kyrie looked at the offseason, he probably saw that his team was falling apart and he bolted to an organization that he thought he could thrive in with the Celtics. Yeah, I mean, he was like, why should I stay here if LeBron may leave in a year? So I'm, I'm about to get out before the things get worse. You and think LeBron would be so petty to go to the Celtics? I, I don't think that he's going to go to the Celtics. <laughs> no. But but the Celtics are thriving without even Kyrie Irving. It just goes to show you that... Brad Stevens for president. Yeah, man. Is he, is he the coach of the year? Is he the best coach in the NBA? I think, I mean, besides Pop, I think he's probably the best coach in the NBA. Because you're talking about taking two rookies, uh, well, a rookie and a second-year player and Brown and Tatum, and, you know, they're they're they're, they're crushing it. I mean, they're yeah. they're doing everything that they can. And all these random guys, Shane Larkin, and he made Daniel Tice look like a nice player before Tice went down also. Right. And then, basically, it's uh, Tatum, Brown, and Horford. That's your team. I mean, even Aaron, like, someone like Aaron Bates, like, Stevens makes him look like a productive player. And Terry Rozier? You gotta be kidding me. Yeah. I mean, Eric Bledsoe might not know who Terry Rozier is, but I think the rest of us do. Well, the position the Celtics are in right now against a team like the Bucks that is immensely more talent than the Celtics have right now, I think it just goes to show how amazing, how great it is to have amazing coaching because it's the Bucks. I mean, with, with Giannis and, uh, and Brogdon and whoever else is on their team that I'm flanking on now. <laughs> yo, yo, come on, Bledsoe. Bledsoe. <laughs> I mean, Joe Prunty's is not doing it for him right now. Well, he did make a good move. I mean, he put Brogdon in the starting lineup and they were able to come out victorious in game three. Yeah. So he's doing something. At least he's not doing nothing. He's trying his best to try to get this Bucks team. And 
maybe what he needed was Brogdon and Jabari to get on the court. And let's not forget Thon Maker. I was I mean, just going to say, don't forget Thon Maker. Yeah, you know, what is it, five blocks and a couple of three threes or something like <laughs> he that? Looked he looked like the modern-day Hakeem Olajuwon in the Seriously, first quarter. Seriously, man, he was, he, was, he was something else. So what's going to happen is series? I think Giannis is just going to say, you know, screw you, Joe Prunty. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure we win this series because I think coming in, this is probably the upset that I predicted. I didn't predict an upset like Pelicans against the Blazers, but I thought the Bucks were gonna beat the Celtics in six. Do you think I'm still right, or is it going the other way? So after game, after watching Game Three, I, got, I had some doubts. So I picked the Celtics to win this in six, but I think the. I mean, I'm, I'm still going to stick with that pick. I think the Celtics still do win it in six. Just because we saw one game of this from the Bucks doesn't mean they're going to keep it up. So I, I still think the Celtics will uh, overcome the fact that the Bucks just don't have great leadership at the top with the coaching. I kind of disagree. I think Prunty made the moves necessary for them to get to another level. I think the fact that, I think it was a coaching mistake that Jabari and Brogdon were probably not getting more minutes. And I think now with them on the court, and I think it kind of lit a fire under Jabari. He played like a madman in game three. Um, that's what it took him getting very little minutes in game one and two. And I think he, we've just awoken uh, maybe mellow part two. That's what he was thought to be when he first came into the NBA. <laughs> yeah, at Duke, he looked like mellow. But I mean, it's good that you mentioned mellow. So, right, we just talked about how Celtics have the coaching, Bucks have all this talent. But I mean, is the talent always going to win out? So, last night was a great example of this, right? We saw this with the Thunder and Jazz. And <laughs> Ricky Rubio out there. <laughs> Last night looked like a combination of Dirk and Steph Curry out there. I mean, he was hitting these. I lost my. I was like, "What is going on?" He was making these mid-range, one-footed jump shots, and so, then he. Ex- and on top of that, he was making these pull-up threes in transition. And I was like, "Wait, this guy, where has he been all this yeah, time?" Man. Yeah, that one-footer, like, like three-point shot that he had. To was like a was Curry beautiful. shot. Beautiful. And I have a proposal for a new nickname. I'm gonna say, with full disclosure, I stole this off of Reddit, but the new nickname for Ricky Rubio is now. Juan Stockton. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, I saw some uh, some people on Twitter were calling him Rick Rubio. Now he's like they they, they refer it as Rick Rubio from now on. No now. more Ricky. <laughs> no more, no up, more, no more Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's now known as Rick Rubio. But that's what I heard back in uh, Minnesota. He was kind of a uh, kind of got around town a little bit. <laughs> oh, Rubio? Yeah, Rubio. Uh, so he looks like a samurai now with his long hair and his beard. Yeah, I don't know how how much around he's getting around in Salt Lake City with those Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Diva, another shaky game from your boy Russ last night. This is the this is the Russell paradox, right? You're gonna get those games where he's not gonna play that well, but you're always gonna get that ferocity, that intensity, and that's unparalleled in today's NBA. I can't think of another player. Except Kobe recently, who's had that same kind of drive that Russ has. Yeah, but it's crazy. I mean, I feel like uh, Gobert's completely changed the series. So Russ almost looks kind of scared. Not scared to drive. He'll still drive, but he's not going at the rim like he would against any other person. I was like, wow. I I knew Gobert was good, but I didn't know he could completely change a game like the way he's been doing. Yeah, well, that's why people are considering him defensive player of the year, even after only playing 56 games. Yeah, I mean... It's a crazy. Even uh, Mello, like we uh, we saw that one play where Mello he was driving and it's usually just uh, that mid range pull up and he saw Gobert there and just passed it out. Yeah. I was like, wow, Mello never passes yeah. that up. <laughs> exactly. Me- Mello is not a passer. We already know this from his career. <laughs> if Mello sees a shot, he takes a shot. But I guess that's what Gobert does. What do you guys think about uh, the second place rookie of the year? Don Mitchell, what do you, what damn, do you think? Damn, damn, taking Come shots on. right at him. Oh, so, so, I don't, so I don't agree with this NBA rule that 
as long as you don't play any minutes your first year, you're still going to be a rookie your second year. I don't agree with that. So, so Mitchell would be your rookie of the year, right? Cause you yeah, but we all know it's not going to be, so I'm just going to go with the crowd on this one. But <laughs> what do you think the true rookie of the year has been doing this playoff series? Mitchell? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, Deshaun, you, you, were, you were comparing him to some players, right? From the yeah, I, 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 you know, he kind of reminds me of Dame in terms of uh, maybe not the way he plays, but the way he presents himself. He seems fearless, and maybe not the Dame of this playoffs because he's been kind of <laughs> shaky. But Dame, when he first came into the NBA, he was fearless. You remember when they were playing the Warriors back when, uh, back when like, I think it went seven, was that then? Uh, or five? Or five? Whatever. Those, the year that yeah, the seventy-three win season. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. And and uh, Dame was just he he's not afraid of the best teams, and that's what Mitchell is. Mitchell's not afraid of the best teams. He's going out there. He doesn't care if the other team's got a super team. He's like, this is my team. I'm the leader. He's going out taking big shot after big shot. I mean. He's not scared if he's looking at Russ, Melo, or PG, and um, or even Steven Adams at the rim. He's not scared. He's just going to keep, keep attacking. And is this the difference between someone who stays in college um, for a longer period of time versus someone who's one and done? Yeah, I mean, it's clearly helped. I mean, uh, if you look at him and Simmons, right, the uh, two people who were uh, probably the rookie of the year, maybe they, I think they should have co-rookie of the year or something, but Simmons missed his hold for a season, so he's technically had like two years under his belt before playing an NBA season and same with Mitchell. Yeah. So we're giving all this praise to Mitchell. Do you think he jumps into that top 10 point guard category that we were talking about? Uh, next season, next season. Well, did they, uh, is he a point guard? Because so if, if he's going to keep playing with Rubio, I don't know if you can call him a point guard. He he handles the ball. He, he has the handles of a point guard. But with maybe, the, maybe we can just say top 10 guard, top 15 guard. I mean, it's yeah. hard to say now, now this NBA, right? Like, Simmons is really a powerful, uh, small forward, power forward kind of build, but he he's a ball, ball, predominant yeah. ball dribbler, and that's kind of the same thing. Mitchell, there's possessions where Rubio won't touch the ball. Yeah, so it's hard to put a position on him, but well, I'm gonna say that Mitchell is gonna go and probably displace John Wall in his standing wherever he is right now because this playoff series for the Wizards is not looking that fruitful. I mean, they did win pretty decidedly the last uh, the last game they played, but those first two games were pretty brutal for Wall. Yeah, Wall and Beal finally showed up. I think they needed to get home or something. They needed to sleep in their own beds for them to actually wake up and score some points. Something about being back in the DMV. Yeah. Should change everything for them. Yeah, and, and on the flip side, I mean, you got guys like Lowry and DeRozan finally, you know, getting that chip they off did their it. shoulder. They did it. They finally did it. Like, congratulations to the city to of Toronto. <laughs> you think they're going to get over the hump and probably get to the finals, you think, if they have to play face a team like LeBron's team or... The Sixers team? I think they're praying. They're saying they're praying that LeBron loses this round so they don't have to face him because I think he's a matchup nightmare for them. LeBron just has their number. I think when they step onto the court, the same court as LeBron, they're just all scared. Yeah. I so, think they're praying that Indiana can win this out. Yeah. So if LeBron loses, we're looking at I don't I we're looking at a Sixers in the finals because I don't think this Toronto team can beat the Sixers. Which would be crazy, right? I mean, First of all, they won. Who would have thought Sixers would have even won more than fifty games? And then they make the finals in this year. They're way ahead of schedule. Right. Yeah. And what does that what what does that tell them about trying to recruit LeBron? Is it a let's try to recruit him more if they lose in the finals, or is it oh I think we'll be okay without him because well we're already we're already there and we are young and we can get a little bit more asset with our with the draft picks. That's true. Oh, because they're gonna have the Lakers pick, which is gonna be a top ten pick for them. So they're gonna get another lottery pick. And then hopefully Markel Foles solves whatever issues he's had with his shoulder and gets back into form next year. Yeah, man, as a Knicks fan and you as a Nets fan, I mean, the Atlantic Division's looking real, real good. I mean, the Celtics are doing what they are, but 
remember they get back Kyrie next year and Hayward. They get back Hayward next year. That's two All NBA talents. Um, and the Sixers, they're just gonna keep getting better from now on. Yeah. So yeah. all the more reason for LeBron to join up forces with Jared Allen and Terrence uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. So what happens in this Toronto series? And do you think the Toronto Toronto's fate is to win the series and inevitably lose to either LeBron or Ben Simmons? I think it's too early to tell. I think the Raptors are still trying to figure it out. I think they're hopefully going to get through the series pretty quickly now. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I originally predicted seven. I think I'll also take the seven games for the Raptors to get through it. If the uh, I, I can see the Wizards holding their home court throughout this series, so they win game four and game six at home. and then But ultimately, Toronto has the home court advantage, so I think they'll take it at seven. You know, I think Toronto will get past the series, but, you know, they're going to run into another roadblock in Simmons or LeBron, and it's going to be one of those situations where it's like, hey, we finally have the talent to beat the Cavs, but now we have to deal with another team rising up in the East that has more talent than us. So I think Toronto is just one of those cities that's just doomed to never make the finals. Because every time <laughs> yeah. they seem to have a... You I'm sorry. The I'm, hopes and I'm, I'm sorry, city. Toronto. The whole, fans, whole, whole but, country. Oh, not just the whole country. Drake's not going to be happy yeah. about that. Until the Grizzlies move back. But <laughs> I, I mean, it's just one of those situations where they just seem to have put it all together finally. Uh, and I'm an Eagles fan. So this is this. I know this this feeling that every single time the teams put it together, there's just another team that just for that one season just seems to have it more put together and every single time. Kind of like so. what happened with the Clippers, like the old book with the Chris Paul Laker mm-hmm. thing. Every single time. They yeah. just uh, ran into a team that just had it more together than them. Even though they probably had more talent, they just ran into the wrong team or injuries got them. I'm just excited that these playoffs have been entertaining all through. I mean, even the Pelicans-Blazers yes. series, mm-hmm. uh, as much of a landslide sweep as that may have been, it's been really fun to watch and I'm excited to see what happens with the rest of the first round. Yeah, thank God for competitive games and not just sweep. I mean, even sweeps are okay, but like at least they're competitive games, and we're not watching like these boring ass games. Yeah. So, do you think the the way this first round shaking out? Do you think this delays the sixteen team seeding going forward, or is it going to be maybe another five years until it happens? I mean, Adam Silver seems very open to change. He's already brought on a lot of change. I I could definitely see that happen. I mean, another conspiracy I think is the whole reason they even bring it up is the possibility of LeBron going out west and then an Eastern Conference playoff would just be so boring without LeBron. Yeah, maybe. Well, so the, I mean, probably the worst series in the East has actually been the Pacers Cavs But series. it has LeBron, right? So it's yeah, going to bring in the viewers. Watching it, yeah. So that's the thing. You know with LeBron, people are always going to tune in. Right. right. So what games are you watching? So, boys? Uh, so Bucks Celtics is about to start now and then we got Warriors Spurs and then, uh, who else is playing today? I think we're going to have the uh, Pacers-Cavs later tonight. That'll be another good game. Right. Let's go All watch right. some basketball. Get some great content next week. Let's do it. Awesome.